When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to Fantasy Football Scouts Jannies Team Reveal for Game Week 37. I am joined, of course, by fellow Wilson Captainer. Janny, how you doing? You, you cheerful? Oh, I am. I was very happy with the Wilson returns. I mean, two penalties, about to be subbed off, gets oh, the second man. pen. Uh, but we take that. That's why you captain play. That's why we like penalty takers in FPL. McAllister owners would tell you the same thing for the last few months. Oh, I don't know about um, you. I captained McAllister, or I have McAllister for the balls that get kicked into his head. Right, those are the. Oh, yeah. even better. I didn't. <laughs> I I didn't own him for that. Um, yeah. So yeah, very happy. Although, look, loads that went Isak are really annoyed because they're like, oh, Wilson outscored him. But look, there's another game to be played that yeah. could completely flip. Um, we don't even can't even absolutely bank on a Wilson start. Yeah, I think we can guarantee an Isak start. I think probably both start, but uh, yeah, could flip. So at the moment, I'm happy, but that could change. And yeah, I'm on a big green arrow this week, so all is good. Lovely. Where were you? So you're one two four k here. Where were you before this week? Oh, I think I was one seventy. Oh, that's massive. Uh, yeah, maybe even one seven five. It was that's a. Massive. It's a. It's a big. It's a big. And, green. and we're not done yet as well. You'd hope that gets better, I guess. I would definitely hope that gets better because I do think Wilson's a better pick than Isak. And I do also have, what, five other players outside of that to play. Oh, lovely. Well, let's look at your points then, my friend. So I have your team on screen here. If you would love to run it through for us, I'd be most grateful. Let's have a look. So at the moment, we have um, returns at the back. De Gea with six. Uh, Stupinan with 17 and Trent with 13. Uh, the Newcastle lads, Trippier and Botman with a point each with another game to play. The Brighton mids with three each, but another game to play. Salah 12. Rashford didn't play. We didn't think he would, but I was up for starting him. I was of the kind of mindset of he'll either start or not feature. I didn't fancy a 10-minute cameo one-pointer, but I got a 10-minute cameo one-pointer from his replacement, Grealish, on the bench. <laughs> so whilst many have a Stupanan coming off the bench with his 17 or Luke, what did Luke Shaw get? Eight, nine Eight, points. Yeah. Um, many will have Luke Shaw coming off. Yeah, I get Grealish. Um, you have started a Stibnan, of course, though. So, like, I, I feel have. like you almost deserve one, 0.1 more points there for that. You know, you've already got him in the team. I can't believe people were benching a double game week player, but <laughs> that, that's another conversation. There were also a lot thinking about benching Trent. It was like, I think I, I, I would have benched a double game week player over Trent. Trent was never going to be benched. Um, I made that really clear on, on a video on my channel. Um, Wilson24. Um, captain, as it stands, and Harlan seven, and I actually did again. Like on my, on a on on another chat last week, I said single game weekers Salah and Harlan probably shouldn't be completely overlooked for captaincy, and I was pleased to see quite a few, not too many in the FPL community, but certainly more casual managers giving Salah the armband and giving Harlan the armband, and look, it kind of paid off. Like Salah and Harlan could both outscore Isak, um, and they certainly could outscore the Brighton mids. And they certainly could outscore Trippier, other other uh, popular choices. So yeah, fair play to those that went Salah and Haaland. Oh, you've got your advice on Matoma here. So you mentioned the Brighton mids. Was there much faith there? Or I guess with Wilson with the two fixtures, he was never going to completely sit out. Oh, so I was that just a throwing it, it wherever? 
Oh, I didn't. Honestly, it was on my, Matoma was my bus vice captain. Yeah. And I genuinely never got towards the deadline in those two, three days before where you start to think about tweaking. I never even thought about moving vice, which is perhaps a casual move from me. But, you know, Wilson could have been out injured and then you never know. But I didn't give vice captaincy any thought. If I did... I probably would have gone Haaland. Um, I did say Haaland over Salah. I remember saying that. Um, but yeah, Wilson with two fixtures are just new it feature. Uh, not, not, not Trippier. I know a few people went Trippier and maybe a little unfortunate. That's a big, big swing between Wilson and Trippier. Yeah. Um, and some, some really good managers that were tipping Trippier. Um, not one for me at all. And again, I made that really clear last week. I just, I, I just looked at the clean sheet. Um, history i think newcastle have got something like across all their fixtures something like one clean sheet in 15 it's really bad like um so no i didn't eat i wasn't even close i know his xgi in the fixture was higher than non-penalty xgi was yeah. higher than even trippier and wilson um wilson and isak yeah i mean so newcastle's defensive numbers have been good all season and recently but hey they probably maybe kept some clean sheets we wouldn't expect earlier now they're not yeah. that's that's the way that goes Wilson is your is your big one here though, captain. No Isak, so you transferred in Wilson and captained him. Talk me through that thought process. Yeah, I transferred him in before last week. I actually transferred him in ahead of that Arsenal fixture when when no one ah. thought he was going to be starting. So I'm I'm an early adopter of Wilson, um, if you like, two weeks in. Um <laughs> But ahead of that Arsenal fixture, I think we had seen the game before that, Wilson come on at half time, score two goals play with Isak in in kind of Isak left Wilson Central. And I was like, Wilson's going to start at St. James's Park. And all the Newcastle group chat lot on Twitter jumped on me for it. And I was like, Look, I just think he'll start. I'm going to take a punt. And if he doesn't start, then I've got him for the double game week. And I know I'm chasing and I know I need to take risks. And I know the field will go Isak. So I was always happy for the double going Wilson. And you might remember that Arsenal fixture in the first 10 minutes. Arsenal... Um, conceded a penalty and then VAR went against that. Mm. We thought it was a handball. Wilson nearly had a penalty in the first 10 minutes of that fixture. So again, it could have been really sweet for me. I, I mean, I feel like we got that paid back to us very <laughs> quickly, right? Uh, just, for anyone, just for did. anyone who, you know, didn't see it or or wanted to avoid it. Though I, I have Wilson too, so, uh, so I'm in Johnny's camp here. But some serious jam where, okay, he gets one penalty. Absolutely fair enough. You pick a penalty taker. He was going to be subbed off in the actual stoppage of play that turned into the penalty. If that had been a goal kick, a corner, or no penalty, Wilson was getting subbed right then. It was a penalty, so he stays on the pitch, he takes the penalty, he scores it, and then, what, two, three, another four f- minutes later? Another ten minutes he got. Was it another ten minutes? <laughs> so he got another few minutes for scoring a penalty. Then he is subbed off anyway with the planned, tra- of the planned subs. Now, of course, it's not just that. If Wilson had been subbed, who would have stepped up to take the penalty? It would have been Isak. And this would have swung the other way. Isak probably would have outscored Wilson. He would he have got bonus. the assist. Well, he earned the assist for the first penalty as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He would have got three bonus. Wilson would have got one, if possibly none. Um, so yeah, it was so, so lucky, the Wilson pen. But yeah, I went Wilson early on more because I uh, am chasing and also because I didn't care too much about the minutes and I used the scout members area to go through all the data and I really did have sort of a deep dive over the last seven, eight game weeks to go, okay, Isak's going to get more minutes. We know Isak is first choice dependent on system. Wilson can come in. Um, but with that long staff injury, <coughs> it was really important. It means Joel Linton can't play left. Uh, if Joel Linton isn't playing left, he's playing in the midfield three without long stuff. St. Max wasn't ready to start games. He maybe is ready to start games now. 
Um, but I still think Isak and Wilson are both first choice and St. Max will be an impact sub for the run-in. But let's see. Uh, I'm surprised Eddie Howe has not played them both in a two. We still haven't seen that. And I really thought, I think if Champions League was completely wrapped up, we'd see them starting in, in a two and maybe a, a tweak of formation, some experimental time. And I think with Newcastle ahead of next year, knowing that they've got money to spend in the summer, knowing that they're likely to be in the Champions League, I think Eddie Howe needs to know or should need to know if these two can play together and can they play together in a two. Now, we know they can play together, one left, one central, but I wanted to see that experiment and I thought we would, but I didn't think Newcastle would be dropping points like they have been and therefore Eddie Howe is going to be less experimental. Yeah, I guess in a two, that probably seriously affects their press. Obviously, in the three, we mentioned Jolinton on the left, who's very important in that press. Okay, he's dropping into the middle. It's a big change in shape and where you're going to have players to trigger those pressing situations against the back four or back three, obviously, um, in, ter- in terms of trying to turn over the ball. And that's a lot of what Newcastle have done well this season, right? That out-of-possession yeah. transitional play they've been brilliant at. And we saw a bit of that at the weekend as well. That's one of the places where they hurt us. I think going forward, it's an interesting one. Um, just obviously in footballing terms, in non-footballing terms, there's a different conversation with Newcastle. But on the pitch... It's an interesting one in terms of how they develop and their trajectory, because I think Isak, well, I think, I think everyone thinks, right, that is their number nine going forwards in the medium to long term, right? They've signed that player for a lot of money for that position, and he's doing well. Wilson will hold on to playtime while he performs, but he's older, his obviously value is less, and he has a history of injury problems. I wouldn't be surprised if he slowly, gently, and sensibly sort of phased out ESAP becomes that first choice and then we're looking at another player coming in to perform the support role and then you have that question of like okay then does it need to be a two or is it a player who may favor the left more than ESAP ESAP can go in the center or someone who can play like a more of a second striker a 10 but can perform the press that maybe Wilson won't it's an interesting it's a really interesting one and look I haven't watched ESAP a great deal but I'm sure when he plays for Sweden I think he's in a two I'm pretty sure. But even at Sociedad, I never remember him as the out and out nine in a 4-3-3. I think there was a strike partner there. And I do, th- and I did think when Howe signed him, I thought this guy can play on the left. He can play as a second striker. He can play in a two. He isn't an out and out lone man up top like Sayer Wilson is. So it's interesting because since he's been at the club, we've only seen Howe play that system, whether it's Isak or Wilson in that nine role. So again, I expected that experiment before the transfer window, but it doesn't look like we'll get it because it's just too, too close to call in terms of will they go top four or not. Absolutely. But yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one to monitor. And yeah, I like Isak and I think he can do lots of different stuff in lots of different positions on the pitch. I And maybe he develops into that out and out nine, but at the moment I don't necessarily see him as that, Fair. which was another reason why I didn't buy him in FPL. <laughs> For reasonable reasons. I mean, as a Leeds fan, he was terrifying at the weekend. Sure, yeah. FPL, maybe not all that much, but every time he got the ball, he was very scary from that left. And then when he went up front, when they were they were 2-1 up at the time when the change was made, yeah. and Isak up front on the break, there was a couple of occasions where it was like him and St. Max against one or two of our defenders, <laughs> half the pitch to go. Hi, Luke <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very, very scary moment. We fortunately got a goal on that. That changed the state of the match a little bit. But I think where we are now, we're, now, we're halfway through, well, we're more than halfway, but we're halfway through most of our, our teams playing. We are sat here now on Wednesday afternoon feeling smug as Wilson owners. There is every chance that tomorrow night that changes, right? There is an there really absolutely is. big enough chance that Isak outscores Wilson. But it feels it feels nice for now, I think. Speaking of feeling nice, yeah. your defender is 17 points. We touched on oh. it briefly. But talk to me about that. Arsenal 
17 points, clean sheet, goal, assist. You've played him. Never going to bench him? Never going to transfer him out? I've never benched a double game week player, period. I don't think they could be rubbish. I'd still bench them and, and look, uh, play them. And his stupid hand isn't rubbish. Um, I've been really spoiled this week, Seb. Not only am I on a big <laughs> green arrow... Um, and I've had some big scores. I was at the Arsenal-Brighton game, so I was able to witness those Estupanan points. Sat amongst the Arsenal fans, I should add, but it was great. So I was quietly secretly like dragging down, you know, refreshing on your phone. We're like, yeah, I'm so, I'm so cool. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh, what a shame, guys. What a shame. <laughs> um, and there I am, like no Arsenal assets. And I knew like yeah. Arsenal have still got quite a fair few invested in that back line, whether they're on Ramsdale or Gabriel still still a fair few Odegaard, Saka and Martinelli owners. So to keep all those guys quiet and then your Brighton defender score 17 points was very, very sweet. Brighton are just so good. Like watching them live. I've seen them twice live this season. And yeah. I love them. I love Deserby. And look, I, I'm excited because look, Deserby will probably become a Italian national manager at some point. I hope he stays at Brighton another season or two. Uh, but there, there's Premier League clubs that will want him off the off the back of only six months of Premier League action, you can see yeah. he's that that good. Kai Sado as well. I know he played right back, but watching him live was a treat. He is a baller. Love Kai Sado so much. What about McAllister? So he's one of those players. Yeah. That I haven't seen McAllister live, but I get the impression, not that he's the same player, but one of my, funnily enough, of the Emirates, one of my memories of like non-live, non-Leeds live football, was seeing Ozil and Sanchez play together. Nice. We all knew Ozil was good. We all knew Sanchez was good. But seeing him in the flesh, it was just yeah. the little touches. That, you know, on the TV, it's like, great, he's controlled the ball. Of course he has, it's Ozil. When you see it in the flesh, and he's however far away from you, and he's just, he's just not even looking at the ball, he's looking at what he's going to do next, just kills it, takes a lovely little touch to set himself up and moves on. That sort of yeah. stuff was filthy to see live. There isn't another word for it. <laughs> I get that from McAllister. Again, not saying he's Ozil, but just the sort of like the touches in setting himself up to then progress the ball where he wants it. Those little things are beautiful. And I think seeing mm. that live would have been something I'd really appreciate. Yeah, I definitely did. He's got that low centre of gravity, but still really strong. A bit yeah. like a Messi almost. And and still, yeah, very cute, very neat and tidy. I was, The guy I guess I was most impressed by live, I haven't mentioned him yet. And again, he didn't have the best of games. He fell over his feet a few times, but you watch him and go this is the next big star coming out of that club and it's in CISO. Like, oh, nice. unbelievable. Like, it, it just his, I don't know, you can just see something special there. He's 19 yeah. years old and you can see he's just got that raw, no fear, but also those cute touches, those intelligent outside to win runs. He played wide and I don't think that's his best position and him and Matoma kept swap, swipping, uh, switching, <laughs> swapping, switching, swapping. It was so it's smooth, weird. it was a swip. Matoma started on the right as well and never seen that like yeah. we've only ever seen Matoma play I left guess, and after about 20 minutes Tierney, him and Enciso swapped Good. Yeah. yeah I mean they're not used to playing without Soddy March are they and uh, Buonatale was on the bench I oh, know it's Buonanotte isn't it yes. um, Buonatale is is um Merry Christmas is Christmas in Italian and <laughs> Buonanotte is good night. So they're, they're sim- similar uh, in, in terms of Italian phrases. Um, so yeah, and CISO was amazing, mate. I can't wait to see him next year in FPL and CISO. If the Zerbi stays and CISO, and CISO after six months of FPL under his belt or PL under his belt, um, he's going to be a baller. It'd be interesting because I guess one of, if not both, Mac and Caicedo may leave. Yeah. Maybe one. I wonder if they hold on to Caicedo. I think Mac... Caicedo suits say maybe what Arsenal need more, but I wonder if they go for Rice. Mac then just suits you know, Liverpool, City, 
because he can perform a number of roles. He's Hotch wants him apparently roles. at Chelsea. Oh, fair. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, wait, him, and, him and Enzo would be interesting. Yeah, um, the Argentina link up. And with an Argentina, Argentinian manager. I wonder, I wonder like... how that works. You probably need a three for that, right, though, because... Yeah, you would. Eh, maybe. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but uh, looking forward for Brighton as well. FBL be really interesting to see how they're priced and how they do next year. But in real terms as well, yeah. I think there's this interesting thing where Deserby has come in being brilliant, built on a good foundation from Potter, which of course helps, but solved any of the issues Potter had and elevated that team. It'll mm. be really interesting to see what the you know 20 or so professional analysts in the league can do with that Brighton team because we often see this not that I think they're going to you know finish bottom half next year I think their trajectory is upwards but we often see you know six months of a team who come in and are just too good for anyone to work out live but you give the analysts the summer and if Brighton don't update and keep evolving which I expect they will people will come up with answers to that and I'm really interested to see how they cope with that given that they've coped with everything so well so far they are probably the best iteration we've seen of this like Southampton, Leicester, obviously Leicester won the league, but I think the league was less strong then. Best iteration of this sort of, you know, finding finding talent elsewhere that maybe other clubs aren't taking a chance on or aren't identifying and putting it into a system that works, analysing that very carefully. Leicester's case, sprinkling some Ranieri magic, I suppose. It'll be interesting to see how that keeps going. And frankly, I hope it does keep going because they are a lovely club. They so are. And they're doing amazing things in South America, clearly, because all their talent seems to come from that that region. You're like, okay, how are you finding them ahead of even the Italian and Spanish clubs that historically have scouted so well in, in South America? Yeah. A lot of the South Americans we see in the Premier League often come via Italy or Spain, but n- not necessarily anymore. The Premier League clubs obviously are looking. I wonder with, further with the money and with the scope, so good. potentially, like you know, there's, there'll be a bit of a reverse there because if you have, yeah. you know, Brighton are now maybe the stepping stone, or a Brighton like club, they are the stepping stone for one of those players, one of those talented players to get into one of the top five leagues. You know, Man City. Okay, they picked up yeah Julian Alvarez, but Man City have no need to try and find McAllister. Yeah because they can afford to wait for Brighton to do it and then just pay Brighton five times as much because that actually is that is more reliable for City. Whereas Brighton need to find McAllister first and so that's what they're doing so well. And they've had some misses, right, as well. You know, is it Jakob Bash and those lot from the Netherlands? Yeah, There's a few of those they've had some misses, but their misses have been cheap overall, which means they can afford to keep making them and then find the McAllisters and the Caicedos. So, absolutely. Anyway, anyway, shall we move on to uh, your team, identifying talent yourself next week? Mate, I tell you what, I feel like a scout this week because I was at the Brighton game, I mentioned. And oh, yeah. Two games in two days. I'd never do that. I don't go to a ton of live football games, but I went to Leicester-Liverpool. So again, when you look at my returns in FPL this week, other than Wilson, all my big scorers I've watched live. Stupanan, Trent, <laughs> Salah, uh, which was amazing. And there I was sat with the Leicester fans. And it's sad because I want my local team and Leicester are I'm sort of 20 miles from the stadium. They're yeah. my local Premier League team, if you like. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I'm watching that game just going, I want Liverpool points from my FPL team. But I also want Leicester to stay in the Premier League. And off the back of that defeat, you watch them and just think they're dead and buried now. They've got Newcastle, West Ham to finish the season. I can't see too many points there. But they could beat West Ham on the final day comfortably and still go down. 
Um, but Salah with his hat-trick of assists and no bonus points, that's what he does. Missing big chances that works against you in the bonus points. So the things like being offside and Salah does lots of those two things. Um, but Trent, what a magical free kick, just seeing the whip on that. Um, and I knew he was due a goal. We've all known he was due a goal. Um, it does still feel like the set-piece goals, and I know this indirect free kick, he had a touch, Salah, uh, but it's from a free kick. Feels like in this new role we see from Trent, he's going to get into more shooting positions around that space, edge of the 18-yard box. And in the last few weeks, I remember I've said, you know, Trent's going to score a goal from the edge of the 18-yard box, yeah. but I didn't uh, from open play. Now, this wasn't from open play, but I do feel like, look, we've only got two more games to see it, so we probably won't. But if he stays in this role next season, Trent is no longer just an assist points machine. He's going to be a real, real goal threat. Um, Are we finally going to see eight? Eight and a half million, Trent. I mean, I know we won't. FPL will still start... list him as a defender, though, because yeah. we've not seen him in oh, the field long enough. So he will be a defender, I think, even if he performs this role. It is a it is an inverted right back, at least within the constraints False of how right FPL back. built uh, build you know formations. It is a right back who comes into midfield. I don't yeah. think you can list that as a midfielder. Cancelo was always only ever a midfield uh, yeah. defender, for example. Yeah. I mean, Sal- Salah's a winger when he was. You know, maybe he's wider now, maybe he's not. But, you know, Salah's been a winger when he's a forward. So there's kind of like the way we construct formations in FPL doesn't necessarily reflect reality. So I think that's fair. But as a defender, do you think we're going to see... I mean, I don't think we will. But do you think he could deserve that big price that we were all talking about last summer? Mm. And then he didn't really deliver on that most of the season. And now suddenly in the last few weeks, he's he's suddenly looking like the the eight, eight and a half million pound uh, defender that maybe he could be. I mean, he finished the season last year on 8.4. Um, the year before that, he finished on 7.8 and the year before that, 7.7. And this season, he's currently on 7.7. He'll probably finish at 7.8, right? So he's finishing consistently around that 8 million mark. Um, he should come in at 8 million. Uh, will he? Probably not because it was a poor start to the season. We didn't see a ton of clean sheets. And of course, FPL, the more they, the, yeah, the higher prices puts it means we have to pick more players from unfashionable clubs. And I think FPL as a brand want you be, to be able to fill your teams with sexy players from sexy teams. Therefore, Harlan won't be 14.5 or 15 million and Trent probably won't be eight. Maybe that'll be slightly lower. So then you can get one or two more luxury players from big teams into your team. I don't know. I would love to see him at eight. I'd love to see Harland at 15. We probably won't see those two things. Fair. See, my feeling on that has always been, I understand the whole, we want to, we want to pick the teams that the players we enjoy watching and you know, fill our team with attractive prospects. But FBL is a is a free game. And I would imagine, I don't know this, maybe maybe you have had more insight than me, but I would imagine it is mostly a tool for the Premier League to market their league to you know to us as well, but to across the globe. And yep. especially to people who maybe wouldn't otherwise necessarily engage. It is a tool to get you to engage with matches. If we then extrapolate that to what players we're picking, well, if I'm picking Salah, Haaland, Trent, I'm already going to watch Man City and Liverpool. So for me, if I was putting it together, I'd want to incentivise people to pick Bournemouth players because those are the matches that the Premier League aren't going to get the eyeballs for relative to the other ones. So I wonder, if not just from a game point of view, yeah, you know, more, more, more expensive prices is more interesting from a game decision point of view. But from a if their goal, which is an assumption, is to effectively get more eyeballs on the Premier League... Well, a way of doing that is making me picking Dom Solanke, for example, because I need him to fund my Haaland and my Salah or something like that. Yeah, but see, I've always thought the other end of that, which is 
can they sacrifice you not having a Dom Solanke and not being invested in Bournemouth so you can have one more Liverpool or Man City player so then you're more invested in the bigger games. So you might sacrifice eyeballs on some of the smaller games, but the bigger games are bigger and sexier because you've got more investment. Sure. So it's it's really interesting, isn't and it? I guess yeah, reten- I, I guess retention answer. as well. Like if you've got your team full of, uh, you know, to, to flip to your point, if you've got your team full of players that you enjoy watching and you are bigger names, maybe you stick around longer into the season. So yeah, I don't Possibly. know. Possibly, yeah. If anyone from FPL Tars is watching, it's very interesting. That's nice. Know, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, 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 let us steer this uh, giant tanker of a ship back on course and talk about your team next week. I have hey, it on prob- screen here. Why don't you Go run on. through it for us? A lot of doubles in there. Yeah, we do. We have, um, although one fewer doubles than you said, which I'm not happy about. Um, <laughs> De Gea with a double, with Stupanan and with a double. Then I've got single game week as Trippier and Trent. Currently a back three. Uh, the midfield fives, double game week, McAllister, Rashford, Matoma and Grealish with single game week, Salah. And then Wilson and Haaland on the double. Um, currently got two doublers on my bench that won't be playing. <laughs> Kepper and Chilwell. Um, at the moment, Chilwell's flagged and not going to play. I could sell them. I've got some money there. Um, I could bring in, say, a Luke Shaw, which is an extra doubler. Um, it gives you a bit of a benching headache. Some benching someone like Trippier isn't brilliant, but I'd probably do it. Um so yeah, I've got a few directions I can go in this week. It does look like Rashford, well, we know Rashford is back training. We've seen him playing foot tennis. Doesn't mean he's back in full, full training, but I expect he is if he's in all the gear with the first team, which he, he's been pictured doing. And the cameras probably go off 20 minutes after that and then the proper session starts. Um, so yeah, Rashford back. I wanted chaos, Seb. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Rashford out. So we've got, so I then have an easier route to Bruno. Uh, but so also, you would have so, just done Rashford to Bruno? I don't have quite enough money. I've got right. 1.9 in the bank, but I would, yeah. I'd go Rashford to Bruno and then Chilwell down to, say, a uh, Lindelof or whoever. A Man United. Oh, that would, well, I uh, know you, uh, oh yeah, you could get Man United then. Yeah, that'd be nice, actually. But I can't do that now. Well, I can, but I don't want to sell Rashford. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now if, say, I went Grealish to Bruno... I then can't go Chilwell down to a Man United defender who are really cheap and who I quite want because obviously that gives me four Man United players I have to hire too. How about Lewis? He'll play one of the two. He will, but would you, I guess then you'd be playing him over Trippier. Mm. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably want to know you're getting a doubler there, wouldn't you? I mean, Chilwell, in that plan, Chilwell I can afford Kyle just... Walker with that plan instead of Lewis. I could go Walker. I, could I don't, really I don't know if I'd be confident But then Walker will two. play one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean... Maybe Chilwell just has to become a dead, dead, because there's two weeks left, so whatever spot. Uh, I mean, there's there's no Arsenal in here. Is that something you'd be looking for 38 as well? Maybe not a Chilwell replacement, but could you get ahead of that curve? They're two nice fixtures. Only if they were still, only if they'd beaten Brighton last week. I planned to go Arsenal by game week 38, uh, yeah. for the, for, but but now I I think I'll struggle to to go there. Unless, Why, unless Man City think... go and lose to Chelsea and Brighton and then that final game week 38. I, I needed Arsenal to be chasing the league to go there, oh, I think. Okay. Although Arsenal are the sort of team with pressure off, maybe they're going to win 4 5 nil. But I, was gonna, I, was I, gonna say, I wonder yeah. if their heads will have dropped and they'll just be... I'm not going to use the term, uh, but <laughs> the summer holiday term. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I'll be going Arsenal. I feel Certainly like... not defence. We'll only know this after the fact, but I feel like you could very easily apply either narrative to whatever happens, which is... Oh, you know, the title was gone. They had nothing to play for. They went and lost, you know, 2-0 yeah. to Nottingham Forest or whoever it is. But then you could also turn around and go, oh, the pressure was off. They finally didn't have that weight on their shoulders. They they smashed them 6-0. Yeah. Like, I think we could apply either. So I think 
for me at least, we maybe need to set that narrative aside and just look at as we would if it was game week 20. The narrative is so difficult because you look at examples and I, I was listening to TalkSport the other day and some of the players were, they, they had an off the beach section. One of the players, I think it was Jermaine Pennant, was going, yeah, there's been times in April I'd kind of already on the beach, just thinking of my summer holiday, don't put the effort in, can't yeah. be bothered. And then there was other players, uh, maybe it was Darren Bent going, come April, May, we had nothing to play for and we were mid-table, it was great. We'd go out there and play with freedom and expression and yeah. go score five goals. And, you know, Fulham went and scored five the other day at Craven Cottage. When did, they, when did Fulham score five at Craven Cottage? <laughs> oh, Crystal Palace went and 4-3 against West Ham. When do you see a 4-3 at Sellers Park? Rarely. So there, there's evidence of both those things. And it does make you go, oh, should I be looking at a team like a Fulham against Crystal Palace this week and go Mitrovic hat-trick? Why not? And I guess we don't know who of, who of the players we're assessing is Jermaine Pennant and who is Darren Bent. Yeah. So you look at Arsenal, you don't know if Saka, Odegaard, whoever, which camp they fall in. And so while that information... The, you know, while that thing is true, right? You know, the holiday thing is is a true thing. I don't think we can know who it's applying to and in which direction, and therefore it's tough to use as information at this stage. Yeah. Captaincy, Jenny. I've got Haaland here. Any questions? Any mm. any wavering from the big man? I don't know. I'm going to be captain in Haaland. I have heard a few sort of doubt his minutes, but I feel like we do that a lot of weeks around the Champions League. And he starts every game. He often plays 90. And yeah, ahead of Real Madrid, I think he came off with 10, 15 minutes left at the weekend. But you're happy with 77 minutes of Haaland in any given game. Um, He's got a double game week. I think he starts both. Um, You're going to captain him. Anyone that's got a triple captain left is going here too. Remember that for when you're thinking of effective ownership this week. Um, And there will be a fair few with triple captains still in their pocket, I think. Um, Yeah, captaincy for me comfortably, easily. Um, I want more than Harland, if I'm honest. I've spoken about trying to get Bruno in and how I can do that. But at the same time, there is a question to go, should you just go Salah out to Kevin De Bruyne and go triple City attack? Because they could absolutely beat Chelsea 5-0 and the Brighton game could still have goals. Um, So if you can't get to a De Bruyne or you can't get to a double City attack, hopefully Captain Harland still covers that City attack. Um, But yeah, easy captain choice for me this week. How do you feel about Grealish? How do you feel about his minutes prospects? I mean, I think he'll start both. I think yeah. he will start both. Um, Foden obviously had a run out last time out and Grealish was rested and he's missed a couple of Premier League games coming off the bench. But if you ask me Pep's first choice 11, like I don't doubt at all Grealish is in it. And that's that's almost against any opposition at any given fixture at the moment. Like At the moment, he is one of those names you bet on being in the team sheet regardless of in an important game when you're not looking at rotation. Um, Chelsea and Brighton win those two games he won the league so I think Pep's going to go full strength Was there any temptation for Gundogan? If Rashford had been out that may have been a transfer many made No I was going at Mares. I was going okay. at Mares because I don't think Mares starts tonight in the Champions League I think we'll see Bernardo Silva yeah. on the right I think we'll see the same 11 as we saw in the Bernabeu Now if if Mares is doesn't start in the Champions League I, I would be tempted to go to, to Mares in the double over Gundogan Okay and so I guess I feel like the main move you've got here, we assume Rashford is fit, which is which is good news for your team, if if not the chaos, which you would have enjoyed. Yeah. If you want a De Bruyne, and yeah, maybe we need to assess his minutes after Real Madrid, or a Fernandez is probably the most attractive add to your team. It does look like it's Salah you're going to have to lose. You could Salah bring him back for yeah. thirty eight, but even yeah. just this week, are you comfortable with that? Not at Anfield, I'm not. If that was at Villa Park, 
I might make that move. But at Anfield, the way Liverpool are playing, oh, it'd be such a reluctant Salah seller. And knowing it would be another transfer next week, and I might want to do something fun in game week 38, um, Salah versus Southampton, I know I'm going to need in. So I think my only route to say a KDB or a Bruno, certainly a Bruno, would be if I was doubting Grealish playing twice. Let's say he has a stinker against Real Madrid and I think Foden comes on and does really well, whatever. And I think there's a chance he plays one of the two. Grealish to Bruno. But then that's a four-point hit because I'd have to go chill well down to someone. So the simple move on this team sheet is Chilwell comes out for, say, Luke Shaw or Diaz, a Man City defender or a, a, a Man United defender. Trippier drops to the bench and I've one straight swap, an extra double game weaker, and the midfield stays untouched. And maybe that's what I end up doing. Okay, fair enough. What about in a situation, so we were talking to Az just before this, uh, and he slipped a little bit more than he would have liked. He's maybe on the hunt for differentials in these last couple of weeks. Mm. If you're ever going to make a differential move and your rank is maybe a little lower than you wanted, or your mini league rank, these last two weeks, I guess, really are the time. As someone who normally is a bit against differentials, I'd happily back one in these last couple of weeks. So what what could you reasonably put forward to someone as a rank-gaining move, even if it has high risk for these last couple of weeks? Captain Bruno, this game week is an option. It's a genuine option. Um, Bruno's the player I'm really scared not to own this week. There's always one, right? Um, I'm scared not to own Bruno. He's only like under 10% owned. I think he's 9.7% owned. I think I looked yesterday on 9.1. He is 9.3. Gosh, yeah. That may well go up, but it's not going to become 40, is it? Probably. See, you know, you're Captain Bruno and you pray for Haaland blank in one fixture, low return in the other. Um, I don't know. Bruno is so, so due a big score, isn't he? Like, uh, Bruno owners have been really unlucky. Like, yeah, they've got some returns in recent weeks, but he is creating chances galore. They are terrible on the road, though. So Bournemouth away, whilst it looks really good, Bournemouth nothing to play for, United everything to play for, but United on the road are so, so bad. Maybe that's not the 4-0 we're all assuming it will be. Maybe that's a 1-0 scrappy win. Um, but Chelsea at home is a really nice fixture. So Bruno captain would be a really out there punt, but I could see it. I'd be more likely to want to captain Bruno over any other United player, even a fit Rashford. The way they're playing, I'd captain Bruno over Rashford all day long. Fair. And what about, so what about a transfer then? So we've got captaincy differential there. A player that not many people own that you may bring in this week, next week, just to try and add a bit of spice. If you're open to the idea of looking at single game week options, Luis Diaz at Liverpool is a really, is playing really well. Like he, I, t- I told people, a few people asked me last week what to do with Jota. And I said, he's not in the Liverpool front three at the moment. Like he won't start at Leicester. Luis Diaz missed the third game in six days. So Jota did get a start two games ago, but that was purely because of Diaz minutes um, off the back of his injury. He looked good against Leicester. He's got big returns in him next season. He's definitely going to be one on my watch list. But for the last two games, I could see big Luis Diaz points. I think Liverpool will have two big wins to end the season. Whether they get top four or not, I could see three, four, five goals in both those games against Villa. Maybe three against Villa, four against Southampton. It's definitely an option. So Luis Diaz, if you're open to single game weekers, yeah, I mean, he did some of us well at the beginning of the season. Although I feel like this needs to come with the health warning of uh, you had you had Jota recently. Although I was excited about that for you. So maybe that's on me as yeah. well. Yeah, I had Jota when he was first choice to start, but he got injured. Um, but Luis Diaz wasn't ready to be starting games and Darwin was playing poorly. And yeah, I like Jota a lot. I love Jota. Um, but at the moment, that front three is pretty predictable and he's not in it. Fair enough. So is there anything else you'd like to throw in here, my friend, before we wrap up this week? 
I don't think there is, you know. I think we've covered loads. I love our tangents. It makes me think that we definitely, I definitely miss chatting FPL with you. So when we do get to chat in our weekly team reveals, it's like, let's talk about... Not FPL. Tactics <laughs> of Brighton. Or, yeah. or, you know, Isaac positioning at previous clubs, whatever. It's loads of fun, mate. Yeah. So, no, thanks for uh, for being around as much as you have been and look forward to obviously chatting next week but no I think we've covered all the the main points I mean there'll be loads that are looking at differentials from double game week clubs so maybe you could throw out a name like an Anthony or a Mares. Uh I like players that get shots whether they're on target or off target or score goals and you could say Mares and Anthony are two players that gets lots of shots and therefore they I was going to say good FPL options Anthony isn't a good FPL option yet but maybe he'll become one I think if Rashford had been out, he may well have been popular. Yeah. But that was probably just hunting for a Man United attacker mm. uh, rather than a good one. But let's see. Hey? Yeah, I um, mean, Martial will be starting the game. So maybe Martial could be a punt too. I mean, that, that That's a tempting one, although I feel like we've all been burned enough times enough times there, probably with good reason. It'll hey, can I go Greenwood to Martial? Let me just check that before we clock off, Seb. <laughs> 1.9? I'm not going to do it, by the way. I'm well, just... is, Mar- is Martial... Sub six. I think he's 6.3. Yeah, okay, he's 6.3 so and he, I, I've got 5.9 spends here. Mate, Salah to, uh, Salah to Gundogan, Greenwood to Martial. Top top, 50, <laughs> top 50k incoming. I think I could go Salah to Kevin De Bruyne and Greenwood to Martial. But you might have. Yeah, Forget Gundo. <laughs> That's actually tempting. Yeah, if, only, if only because I it can. feels he's a little bit spicy. 12.2 Salah, yeah, um, Kevin De Bruyne. So yeah, I've got more than enough to do that. Well, tune in next week to see if uh, if Johnny did go uh, did go extra spicy with his moves this week. Um, anyway, I think we will we will wrap it there. Thank you very much for for joining us for Johnny's team reveal here. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me and chatting FPL and everything else in between. Oh, thank you, mate. I'm now thinking: is Kevin De Bruyne and Martial genuinely an option? Maybe it is. Yeah, tune in next week. I- sure. I'm going to run away before I get the blame for that one. <laughs> um, and to everyone watching, I think it's only right to say: when are not day to you? <laughs>